These are the Miami Hurricanes players who flew under my radar and probably yours as well, who just broke out. I am your host, Alex Dono, University of Miami alum, South Florida native, and longtime pre- and post-game host on the Miami Hurricanes radio network. And I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Canes your first Miami Hurricanes listen each and every day. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts. You know, we had mostly good to very good, a little bit of not so good in the Miami Hurricanes spring game. But I thought for this episode, instead of talking about the guys who stepped up or the guys who fell short, let's talk about the under the radar players who actually popped big time in spring game. And for a few of these, that was a big time trend over the course of uh, the four weeks or so during spring practice. A couple of them popped off a little bit unexpectedly, but I think we have some good signs. We have some good signs heading into 2022. We took some interaction from our listeners on this as well. Guys, make sure you're following us at Locked on Canes on Twitter. We love to build the community. We will follow you back. If you follow us at Locked on Canes on Twitter, we will follow you back, even if you're not necessarily a University of Miami football fan. I did have a couple of Florida State fans in our mentions today. We'll get to that. But here are my top five surprises for the University of Miami in spring football. These are not your Tyler Van Dykes or your Xavier Restrepos, who everyone was thinking these guys are going to show out. No, these are the ones who are a little bit under the radar. Now, this first one I'm going to highlight here. He's not under the radar because of where he was recruited. You could consider him to be the crown jewel of Mario Cristobal's class of 2022, Miami's top recruit in this class. But I love it when you have the true freshmen showing up in spring, when they can make it in as early enrollees. Not everyone can do it based on their situations at home, high school, academic situations. But when they can, they benefit from it. And Cyrus Moss... He is benefiting from that. One of six early enrollee freshmen on Miami's rosters. He popped in the spring game, had a team-high three sacks, was Miami's top recruit in the class of 2022. And what I love about Cyrus Moss is he's already carrying every ounce of his weight on that green tree practice field and at Dry Pink Stadium this past Saturday. And my friends, he still has a lot of literal growing to do into his frame. This guy, once once he's able to get his body mass index and his muscle tone matching his height and his physical capabilities, it's bad news for the rest of the ACC. He's going to make the quarterbacks in that conference's lives a living nightmare. Cyrus Moss, six foot five, listed on the official Miami website at 215 pounds. You know how that goes. The listings are usually generous. He might be pushing 210. A tall, lanky defensive end who looks more like, if you just go by his stature, looks more like a tall wide receiver than a tall defensive end. And yet he was getting after it and showing out at the spring game. Once he's able to put in more time in the strength and conditioning program, I know Coach Feld is going to have a lot of fun molding Cyrus Moss's body into an absolute thoroughbred both on and off the field. This guy is going to be scary. So to see Cyrus Moss 
hitting the ground running this early in his Miami career. It's not to say long-term I had any doubts about this guy, very bullish on this player coming out of high school, but to see him already starting off very nicely despite size-wise being behind the eight ball, I think that's a great sign. And Miami needs more sacks. You saw it last season, how much they missed Jalen Phillips, especially, and Quincy Rocher from the year before. How much they've missed Gregory Rousseau from the year before that. Miami's pass rush has not been as prolific. They've not been committing as many quarterback hurries, not nearly enough sacks, which of course leads to great things at the second and third level. That's going to lead to more takeaways and turnovers. Hopefully Cyrus Moss is a guy that even in the short term can help bring that back to prominence. The second player I want to look at, and I'm going to stick with the defense. And actually, I think at least three out of the five players I'm highlighting are on the defensive side of the football because the defense needs more improvement from last year. The offense put up a lot of points last season. The defense gave up way too many points. I loved what I saw, not only in the spring game, but throughout spring football from cornerback DJ Ivy. Just tremendous. We gave him a ton of grief for the last couple of years. You already see him improving leaps and bounds and absolutely flashing under DB's coach, Jamil Adai. And I think that that coaching is going to benefit a lot of players, whether it be Charlie Strong benefiting the linebackers, Jamil Adai benefiting the defensive backs, Kevin Smith benefiting the running backs, Jason Taylor getting that one-on-one time in with Jafari Harvey and Cyrus Moss and the defensive ends. Yeah, DJ Ivy looked really solid throughout in coverage in the spring game. Nearly had an interception. And, you know, really, I'm, I'm going to give him the primary spotlight here. But there were certainly many others in that defensive backfield from James Williams and Avante Williams at the safety spots. Isaiah Dunson also did a nice job covering a corner in that spring game. But I'm going to give it to DJ Ivy. I'm going to give him the uh I'm going to give him the under the radar surprise game ball from that defensive backfield. And Ivy is a fifth year senior out of South Dade High School. This would be a great great time to shine. DJ Ivy breaking out this season would be tremendous. So that's number 2. And again, guys, these are these are players who a little bit under the radar, under mine and probably under yours as well, who had superb springs and spring games. So I'm not listing the obvious ones here, okay? Now, this, you had some good opportunities in the running back room this past Saturday. You had some folks who got a chance to play a lot who normally wouldn't otherwise. Jalen Knighton, the rooster, who's going to be either the starter or second string running back in the regular season. He was not available for the spring game. Don Chaney, who I like a lot, he's still recovering from a knee injury. He was not available in the spring game. Cody Brown transferred. So I'm going to put co-spotlights here. Number three and number four come out of Miami's offensive backfield. I loved what I saw as complimentary pieces from Thad Franklin and the walk-on Devin Perry. Now, I'm not going to put Henry Parrish on this list because, again, this is a guy I expected and hopefully you expected to be a big-time player. He had a nice spring game as well. But Thad Franklin and Devin Perry, Perry is a tremendous story. I hope he gets himself a scholarship. I hope we see him find his way on the field this year. Miami's running back room is going to be really, really deep. 
Perry is a walk-on. I cannot imagine anyone making a better case for a scholarship in a spring game than he just did. And Thad Franklin seized an opportunity here for extended playing time. He looked powerful at his 243 pounds. He was moving piles. He kept his legs churning. He was always falling forward. And folks, we can't understate how important it is for Miami to come up with a short yardage solution. Because in short yardage, the Hurricanes were awful last year. How awful, you might ask? Here's a stat. Huge shout out to the folks at InsideTheU.com for conjuring this one up. So last season, the Miami Hurricanes ranked 110th in the country in a stat that is referred to as power success rate. That is defined as percentage of runs on third or fourth down two yards or less to go that achieved a first down or a touchdown. So in other words, you're lining up to run the football in short yardage like most teams would want to do. Third and one, fourth and one, third and two, fourth and two. Those are power situations. Miami was 110th in the country in that. UM's power success rate was 59.4%. Didn't even feel that high, to be honest with you. So not all of that is on the running backs. It's a team effort. It's a chain reaction. It starts up front with the offensive line. And we know with Coach Mirabal and Coach Cristobal, it's going to be a gargantuan effort to get that offensive line playing harder, more physical, and moving that pile. But it's on the running backs as well. And, you know, Miami for much of the season, you know, with so many injuries uh, in their running back core, had to rely so much on a guy like Jalen Knighton, who's an electric running back, but he's not a good short yardage back. So if you can get people like Thad Franklin and Don Chaney consistently healthy throughout this year, guys who can move the pile on short yardage, that's going to take Miami a long way because 110th in the country in power success rate is not cutting it, my friends, not here at the U. So for number five, we're going to get to that when we come back because we took Twitter suggestions for that. Some of these, I wonder if you guys take this exercise seriously, but others, nah. We got some really, really good suggestions on an under-the-radar player who surprised us in Miami Hurricanes spring football. You know who never surprises me because they've built such a standard of excellence is BetOnline.net. I know I can count on BetOnline. They are your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You want to start preparing, my friends, for all the futures in college football coming up. You got the basketball playoffs going on, hockey playoffs right around the corner. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, and baseball season as well, my friends, at BetOnline. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Guys, I'm big in the betting space, and it's very important, trust me. If you want to actually beat the Sharps or become one of the Sharps, you've got to have that sort of information that you can get at Bet Online. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So far, we've given you four players that I thought in spring, especially in the spring game, had been flying out of the radar and really performed well for the Canes. So the four we've given you so far, defensive end Cyrus Moss, early enrollee, true freshman. He was fantastic in the spring game. Cornerback DJ Ivy looked spectacular in coverage. He was real and he was spectacular. And I give you a pair of running backs, Thad Franklin 
and Devin Perry. Devin Perry is a walk-on. I hope this guy can get himself a scholarship because he deserves it. So we went out to Twitter to give us the fifth player on our list. And I should also say, before you get angry and like, ah, oh, how dare he leave out this player, that player, and the other, if you feel like I'm leaving anyone out, uh, do us a favor and tweet us. Tweet us all day, every day at Locked on Canes. And if you follow us, we will follow you back, okay? Now, we got a lot of nominations, and I'm, I'm going to help uh, break the tie here and also decide if for both of these guys it was really uh, a surprise or an under-the-radar performance. Gilbert Frierson getting a lot of love. He had a fantastic spring game. And Jacob Lichtenstein getting a lot of love, the transfer from USC. I think just because of where they came from in the past year, I'm going to give the edge to Jacob Lichtenstein to be our number five here. And no disrespect to Gilbert Frierson. In fact, I thought Gilbert Frierson was probably Miami's top defensive performer in that game. But, you know, he's uh, heading into his fifth year, redshirt junior, fifth year redshirt junior at Miami. Uh, so I guess it shouldn't be as under the radar, but I know he's looking to come back and return to his 2020 form as Frierson. But now I'm going to give the edge to Liechtenstein because he's transferring in from USC. He's a South Florida native, went to Cypress Bay High School. So he's coming back home. And I think he's a little bit undersized, but I think he's got the type of build where he can really thrive on Miami's defensive line because he's got those long arms. And we saw those long arms in action when he batted down, broke up a pass that was intercepted by James Williams. So that was the type of turnover Williams is going to get credit for because he's the guy who came down with the football. But that was created by the tip ball from Jake Lichtenstein, who also had a sack in the game, also had a fumble recovery in the game, was making plays, was being disruptive. Um, to me, he was one of these standout players who flies a little bit under the radar. And yeah, the talk about Lichtenstein, who you know, he's going to be a rotational guy on Miami's defensive line. But if he keeps playing like that, had a very good spring, excellent spring game, if he can follow that up with a good fall camp, young man is making his case to be a starter. He is making his case to be a starter on this defensive line. I always like it when transfer portal players come in and do well. And I think Miami, they've already got a couple of those on this team uh, because you know, Frank Ladson, we'll see what he can do at wide receiver. He had, uh, he's had a bit of a quiet spring. Uh, Henry Parrish has not had a quiet spring. The running back transfer from Ole Miss, you know, he was getting the starters reps from Miami in the spring game. He's been very good all along, but now I'm going to give, I'm going to give the number five spot here to Jake Lichtenstein because he made me turn my head. I know he turned a lot of heads out there at Drive Pink Stadium. And one thing we can guarantee, Miami is not done in the transfer portal. They're not done. I know that they missed out on one earlier this week with Amarius Mims, the offensive tackle, entering the portal and then staying put. He entered the portal thinking of leaving Georgia. Uh, by the way, I a couple people picked up on this. And yeah, I apologize. I, I was wrong. I mistakenly said that Amarius Mims had visited Miami he had not visited Miami yet, was expected to visit Miami. I think it might have been wrongfully reported that he did visit, and I may have uh, I, I may have seen that and let it creep into my head. He had visited Florida State, and then there was a lot of confidence from people who cover the Seminoles that 
He was going to transfer there. He didn't. Didn't transfer to FSU, didn't transfer to Miami. Ends up taking his name out of the portal and staying with Georgia. But, you know, Miami's not done in the transfer portal, and they're not done on defense either. As Barry Jackson from the Miami Herald noted, uh, the reason UM is searching the portal for two linebackers, not one, but two, and one of them, he notes, might be UCLA's Caleb Johnson, who's going to visit uh, with Texas this week after visiting UM last week. So Miami wants Caleb Johnson. They want to add not one, but two linebackers. But Jackson continues, not only are there deficiencies against the run, but as was the case last season, there were too many breakdowns in pass coverage. He says on more than a handful of plays in the spring game, he's talking about running backs and tight ends caught passes with nobody around them. Keontre Smith pointed at himself after Khalil Brantley was wide open for a 26-yard gain. Flag was nowhere near Henry Parrish on one pass out of the backfield. Gilbert Frierson was nowhere near Dominic Mamarelli on a 19-yard gain. He says, in fairness, safeties also bear some responsibility, but these types of breakdowns at linebacker were commonplace last season, and it absolutely must be fixed. So Miami is already brought in. I mentioned some of the names. A handful of players who are expected to play a good role on this team in through the transfer portal and they are not done. I wonder if uh, more transfers at wide receiver could be a possibility as well, right? Again, a lot of speed and a lot of talent in that wide receiver room. Uh, but, you know, if Saturday offered you a little bit of a snapshot, it's that these guys can't all be relied upon to haul in grabs, and you're going to get perhaps a few too many drops. In fact, I want to talk a little bit more about the passing game when we return. And thank you for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. Now for a big announcement. Starting next Thursday, April 28th, tune into Locked on NFL Drafts, live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked on NFL's Mock Draft special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show all week leading up to the first pick. So you can catch Locked On NFL Draft on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page, the Odyssey NFL Mock Draft on Odyssey and Locked On NFL's Draft podcast feeds. And this is all going down April 28th, 7 p.m., April 29th, 6.30 p.m., and April 30th, 11.30 a.m. And the Odyssey NFL Mock Draft is going to be April 18th, 22nd and 25th. Thank you for making Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts. And the rest of the week is going to continue to be a lot of fun. Uh, on Thursday's show, that's tomorrow, we're going to be talking recruiting with John Garcia from Sports Illustrated. So I, I cannot wait to dive in. There were so many recruits at Miami Spring Game this past weekend, and hopefully they had a great time out there. So we t we'll be talking with John about that. Uh, we love to answer your Twitter questions on Thursdays. On Fridays, we keep up with a cane. We're going to be talking with a former Miami Hurricanes player. We'll let you know later in the week exactly who that's going to be. But that's going down Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday right here on Locked on Canes. Speaking of Twitter, you know, I, I put it out there to the people uh, that I wanted your suggestions for biggest surprises from the Hurricanes spring game. I start to take shrapnel from Florida State fans and 
LSU fans. I didn't realize LSU were a rival. Uh, an LSU fan, I'm surprised that the Hurricanes still suck. Then a Florida State fan replied and said, I'm not. Go Knowles. You know what makes it tough? I mean, at LSU, it, it is what it is. So the last time Miami faced LSU a few years back, that was not a very enjoyable experience. Meanwhile, Florida State, Miami had a long winning streak against them, and that was snapped in disappointing fashion this past year. And since Florida State, even though Florida State not bowl eligible the last couple of years, they've had worse seasons than Miami, they got the W last year. So they're allowed to brag and gloat a little bit. So listen, hopefully we hear from more Canes fans between now and Thursday when we do our social media episode where we go to the questions and comments from you guys. Uh, meanwhile, you know, something that was really notable in Miami's spring game was the lack of execution on the deep passes. A lot of drops by Tyler Van Dyke's wide receivers. TVD said afterwards that the drops by his backs and receivers, he said they were rare. So for those of us who watched that lack of execution in the spring game and thought this has got to be a sign of trends and maybe a sign of things to come, Tyler Van Dyke is sticking up for his receivers and backs. He's saying that those were rare and those are not the sort of things that have been issues throughout the spring. I hope so. I hope he's right because, again, we did an episode a couple of weeks ago on the biggest weaknesses on paper for Miami football, and I included the wide receiver core strictly because they lost their top two guys from last year. Charleston Rambo, single season record setter, gone. Mike Harley, career receptions, record setter at Miami, gone. So you need young guys, talented players like Jacoby George, Keyshawn Smith, Brashard Smith, Xavier Restrepo, hopefully Frank Ladson, elder statesman who transfers in, hopefully he can step up. You need a handful of players in that wide receiver group to step up and become as dependable as Rambo and Harley were this past season. Van Dyke also mentioned that he didn't notice any difference in having uh, his offensive coordinator in Josh Gaddis upstairs in the booth versus uh, Rhett Lashley, who was his coordinator last year, was on the sideline. Uh, instead of the coordinator on the sideline, the quarterback's coach, Frank Ponce, is positioned on the sideline. Uh, it's always been interesting because you have offensive coordinators. There's two schools of thought on that. It's just always made more sense to me to be in the booth because you can see everything developing, you know, because it's that bird's eye view for what a coordinator is doing. I find that to be valuable compared to the on-field view where you don't have the same sort of depth, but it is what it is to each his own. Some coordinators like to be on the field. Some like to be on the booth, and we love hosting Locked on Canes. I'm having a great time, my friends, and again, big episodes coming up later on in the week. Uh, recruiting tomorrow with John Garcia, Jr., from Sports Illustrated, Hurricanes player late in the week, and be sending your Twitter questions and comments, my friends. Locked on Canes is where you find us on Twitter. At Locked on Canes is where you get at us, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow. And thanks again for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.